It is indeed a pleasure to have this privilege to play here for you. And we, we intend to give you a very fine program, so just settle back, relax, and enjoy the moment. 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 Good morning. Well, it's morning right now. This is Mika Gadsden. I am the host of Mic'd Up on Ohm, a show that airs typically every Friday at 4 p.m. However, um, what I'm doing this week uh, amid this coronavirus pandemic is I want to create content, almost daily content if I can. I know um, I'm going live on Instagram again. (laughs) So um, I want to just create content. I want to reach out and use every uh, moan or means of of uh, communication with folks to just really be consistent about messaging, be consistent about the dissemination of really vital information. So this is a podcast that um, I'm recording at 8.27 a.m. Tuesday morning, Tuesday, March 17th, 2020. Um and so uh, I really wanted to just continually to continually go live, continually create podcast and radio content that could be aired. And so um, for those who typically listen to uh, Miked Up on Ohm, as I mentioned, my show comes on Fridays at four. Uh, however, uh, we got the email yesterday and I was proactive. I sent an email to those who manage own radio and said, hey, what are we doing to provide coverage uh, for folks, local coverage regarding the coronavirus uh, pandemic and also the school closings, the hospital uh, services and so on and so forth. Um, I did get a favorable response from uh, members of the board and as well as the executive director of uh, own radio uh, and uh, what I frames the po- Good morning. Good morning, family. <laughs> um, and so I did. I'm, I'm on live, y'all. So please pardon me for those listening on the radio. Um, I'm multitasking as per usual. But yeah, I reached out to OM uh, and uh, they closed down the radio studio, which is a necessary precaution. We also broadcast out of a food court. So as many of you all know here locally, uh, food courts, restaurants are all facing closures. A lot of uh, uh, restaurants and those kind of businesses are offering curbside or takeout or some sort of pickup or drop off uh, type of services because any place where you would congregate is being closed down. So um, I just wanted to, to, to give folks an update, uh, dis- disseminate any information. I've been relying very heavily on um, the reporting, the great reporting from the Post and Courier. Um, I am uh, someone who subscribes, so I have a digital subscription, but I also purchase um, I also purchase uh, newspapers as, as, as often as I can. And so I've got a few papers here and I wanted to just create some sort of like podcast equivalent of like a, a midweek check-in from Mike'd Up in terms of what's going on here locally. I'm even uh, recording this currently. Um, I'm located downtown Charleston. I'm in an area hotel. Of course, the only reason why I'm here is because the deals were were amazing, um, and unfortunately, is due to the coronavirus pandemic. But I was able to kind of hunker down here to get a better sense as to what the city is doing. Now, granted, I'm in, I'm on the peninsula, which is not necessarily representative of the greater Charleston area. But um, good morning, Brittany. Um, but uh, what I'm doing is trying to be as I guess city centered, as close to city um, city 
government as possible uh, to get an idea of how our city is responding to the pandemic. Uh, and so I'm going to also for this, uh, I'm going to read from today's paper again. It's uh, Tuesday, March 17th. It's 830 uh, AM. And I'm going to read from the Post and Courier to catch people up as to what's going on. A lot of you all already know you've been tuned into perhaps live five news. You've been reading the newspaper online yourself. You understand what's going on, especially our parents out there who have children who attend public schools. You already know that all South Carolina schools have been closed. As per the governor, um, we walked into uh, the Monday work week with that closure. And so, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a lot to prepare if you have, if you're a parent, if you're someone like myself, I'm not a parent. However, I have two Asian parents uh, who live in Wadmalaw and uh, we all reside together, right? So uh, helping them maintain their independence but remain safe has been a challenge, um, not because of anything they're doing, but because I think it hasn't really set in for a lot of folks that um, that this is real and that our movements will be restricted even more so, um, even more so. Uh, hey, Olive. <laughs> um, and so um, our movements will be restricted and it's important that we prepare mentally for that. So all this week, I have a bunch of interviews lined up with um, I have um, a registered nurse who I'm going to interview. I have a teach. I want to speak with a teacher, um, a friend of mine, someone who I really respect and revere. Our, I've already had an interview with a local psychotherapist. Um, and, um, I'm just going to continue to just speak to folks who have a unique perspective on how we can prepare. I want to center the voices of black professionals who are navigating this. So I want to just invite as many voices as possible. Um, I'm hopefully I'll do some, um, some remote interviews via teleconference so folks can continue to practice, um, social distancing, but can also, contribute to this conversation. And that's why I reached out to Ohm and said, Hey, you know, what, what will be our response? And they did invite me to create podcasts from home that I can then, um, and that's what we typically do. Like during the holidays, I did a lot of my shows from, um, just using my preamp at home in the closet. Um, today I'm just sitting at the, the Island of, a uh, you know, a suite in downtown Charleston. Uh, so, I just want to create this content and hopefully folks will feel um, updated. And if they want to continue this conversation, you can find me on, on any type of um, social media, Mika Gadsden on Twitter, Mika Gadsden on Instagram, Charleston Activist Network on Instagram and Twitter, um, and on Facebook, uh, Tamika Chantel Gadsden on Facebook and Charleston Activist Network. Um, and hopefully, I, like, I think a lot of people are posting a lot, and that's cool. I kind of let up off that. I want to either probably leverage my newsletter and use podcasts to really get my information out. Um, I just think it's, I really don't even want to encourage folks to constantly just, you know, be on the phone. I found myself being on the phone a little too much, right? I was in this flow state of this constant coronavirus, um, you know, consumption and um, news consumption. And so... Um, I wanted to kind of let up off that and perhaps provide another way for you to consume content as you're going about your day, even though a lot of things have come to a halt. Um, hopefully you all are still doing things and are active and getting your families prepared for what's coming on. So let me just go ahead and read today's headlines. This is the Post and Courier. So the front page, um, and for those who saw this already on, on Facebook Live, just indulge me. Um, so the front page story, the first story is uh, cities impose limits as South Carolina sees first virus death. Um, 
So the state reaches uh, 34 cases, new low country closings, crowd restrictions begin. Um, this story is written by uh, Gregory Yee and Fleming Smith. And I'll read the first couple of paragraphs. Uh, On the same day South Carolina saw its first death uh, to the new coronavirus, cities across the state imposed state of emergency that change how people will carry out their daily lives in the foreseeable future. Six new presumptive positive cases were identified Monday, bringing the state's total to 34. Again, this is as of um, Tuesday morning at 8.35 a.m. Six presumptive positive cases were identified Monday, bringing the state's total to 34. Sorry, I read that again. Um, The first patient to die after contracting COVID-19, the disease caused by the novel coronavirus, was recently diagnosed elderly person who was a resident of Lexington Medical Center Extended Care skilled nursing facility, according to the South Carolina Department of Health and Environmental Control, that's also known as DHEC. Uh, Health officials said she also had other medical conditions and her cause of death is being investigated. DHEC is working uh, with nursing homes to identify anyone who came in contact or with this nursing home to identify anyone who came in contact with this patient. So again, um, I think this is starting to really hit home for folks. It's starting to get real. Um, and I know we're seeing a lot of elderly people succumb to this coronavirus, but again, it's, it's, you know, as someone who is not elderly, but who resides with elderly folks, it's important that I act responsibly. So I do not expose them to viral infection. And so it's important that we understand that we're all in this together. I think we can tend to get a little individualistic, myself included. And that's why I'm here by myself and not, <laughs> not on Wadmula, but I'm here for the sake of content. Um, and um, that's why I've relocated to downtown for a couple of days. However, I think it's important to understand that we're in this together and that um, our whatever I do will impact not just my folks, but anyone else I come in contact with. So if I wanted to bar hop all weekend long and then hit up Walmart to get some toilet paper first thing Monday morning, I might be putting folks at risk. You know what I'm trying to say? Like, and I'm not trying to moralize, you know, people's, you know, I'm not trying to add that element. Um, I know people were seeking some sort of outlet. Being home all weekend wasn't easy for some folks. It was easy for me, I tell you that. <laughs> um, I wanted to continue reading about the um, fear and frustration for, well, not that one. Um, the city imposed limitations because I think if you live in Charleston, you're going to be impacted by like how you can't bar hop anymore, how you can't go to, um, you know, Republic or how you can't go to Mint, um, how, you know, a movie you wanted to catch at the Terrace Theater, how that's going to change, how going to your local gym is going to change. Right. So let me continue to read about the city. Um, the city limits, uh, and the new, the newly imposed restrictions. Um, says uh, of the six new cases, one case was identified in Lexington County. And I already read about that elderly person. Um, Let me skip down a little bit. Oh, no, no, I'm sorry. Yeah. Okay. Let me do this again. Of the six new cases, one case is identified in Lexington County as an elderly person who was in close contact with the previously identified case. Okay. That patient is in isolation at a healthcare facility. Um, Another patient was identified in Georgetown County after being treated in uh, Tideland's Waccamaw Community Hospital emergency room and is now isolated at home. Um, Tideland's health Okay, so they were told this by the Titans Health officials on Monday night. 
uh, four new cases were identified in Kershaw County. And let me stop right there. We already know Kershaw County has, um, let me float over back to the Post and Courier has a, an amazing tool, um, that you can use it and they've taken all of their coronavirus coverage from behind the paywall and made it accessible for folks who don't have a subscription like me. So, um, the post and courier has a COVID-19 real time, um, statistical tracker. And so they're not just tracking, um, what's going on here in Charleston. They're tracking, um, what's going on in all of the states. And I read this earlier on Facebook Live, um, but as of today, Georgia has 121 confirmed cases, and I'm reading the neighboring states. Um, North Carolina has 39 confirmed cases. Tennessee has 52 confirmed cases. And I'm going to go down to Florida, even though it's not exactly a neighboring state, um, but Florida has 160 confirmed cases. Oh, you know what? The tracker just uploaded by its or refreshed by itself. Let's see. South Carolina, we're at 33 confirmed cases and the tracker also breaks it down by county. So we see Kershaw County as of today has 18 confirmed cases. Horry County has three, Buford County, three, Lexington, two, Lancaster County, two, Anderson County, two, Spartanburg, Greenville, Georgetown, and Charleston all have one confirmed um, infection, COVID-19 infection. Um, so uh, that's just a quick look at the stats. Again, head to the Post and Courier's website. Um, they've taken this coverage from behind the paywall. So folks without subscriptions can have um, access to this tracker. Um, if you stayed home and, and participated in some sort of uh, self-isolation, I did go out to a grocery store um, during the weekend to get essentials really early in the morning and then came right back home. But, um, you know, I was trying to quote unquote flatten the curve. And so I'm bringing that up because I'm looking at, uh, there is a chart here that basically it's, um, it's, is charting all of the confirmed cases here. And it looks like a hockey stick is going almost straight up. It started off kind of like going, you know, moving to the, to the right from left to right. And now it's pretty much spiked, to like, like I said, like a hockey stick type shape. So I was trying to help folks flatten the curve by isolating myself and a lot, a lot of other folks. Shout out to uh, Leslie Mack, who's based in North Carolina, who was encouraging and launched a campaign, um, Netflix and chill type campaign where folks were, you know, you watched Netflix movies together as a, like an online digital community to help encourage folks to stay home and, and, you know, do less, you know, sit down, take a seat. Yeah. Good morning, Candace. You know, so um, there have been movements in movement spaces to encourage folks to stay home and here in um, Charleston specifically, but South Carolina with these numbers spiking again, Kershaw County leading the entire state with 18 confirmed COVID-19 cases. That's alarming. That's something that's concerning. Kershaw County is um, yeah, that's concerning. I'm not going to go into more about that. Um, but yeah, so what we're starting to see here locally, um, as reported in the Post and Courier and Live Five News, um, we know that uh, that this the mayor had a press conference yesterday and advising folk to just limit restrictions. We've seen area businesses either proactively or retro, or like maybe just they responded um, by closing the interior of their restaurants and offering delivery. Um, shout out to Zabal Biscuit, uh, my friends over there. 
they had amazing deals online. So via Uber Eats, you could place an order and Uber Eats is waiving delivery fees. I took advantage of that last night. Um, other area businesses are offering takeout, takeout and um, pickup in all types of ways. So you don't have to, so you don't expose yourself too much. And also, um, you know, I, I think chain restaurants like Starbucks are only offering drive through only services. I know a lot of fast food services or a lot of fast food restaurants are doing that as well. Um, so just check out your options. My go-to source for area, uh, area restaurants that are open amid this crisis, um, has been the Holy City Center. Shout out to Christian at, uh, Holy City Center <laughs> for us thick tongue, lispy individuals. It's always hard for me to say, but shout out to Christian, um, Christian is continuously working on lists, curating lists, um, he, uh, either uh, reposting content from uh, very um, solid news sources, giving us like real time updates on this uh, pandemic and how folks can kind of just deal with it. Right. So Holy City Center on Twitter has been my preferred way to really um, stay up to date as to what's going on. Um, I know earlier, uh, let's say later last week, we saw our governor um, be a little defiant. Um, and I think I think Governor McMaster faced some backlash after, you know, he didn't poo poo, but he kind of followed our federal um, government's response to, um, Hey, you know, I'm, I'm still going to go to, you know, the, 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 uh, St. Patrick's day parade. And you know what I mean? No one was going to keep him down. Um, but then we saw that, um, on, I'm looking at Saturday's paper, um, on the cover of Saturday's paper, governor McMaster did, did essentially an about phase and declared South Carolina, um, declared a state of emergency, um, on Friday. And so what that did was it triggered a, a number of closings, um, and specifically, it started with Kershaw County and Lancaster County. Those are the two harder hit counties. Um, well, Lancaster has two confirmed cases, Kershaw 18. Um, but those were the two counties that um, that were, uh, were first kind of triggered some of the closings in the state of emergencies. So we saw our governor do an about face and, and act very responsibly in that uh, they decided to or he decided to go ahead and do what's best for folks and issue the state of emergency, which also frees up so many resources for us. Um, we already know that our healthcare system throughout the country um, is stressed, but specifically here in South Carolina, if anyone follows me, you know um, that, uh, you know, we, we have uh, huge issues with our health infrastructure here, though we do have great institutions like MUSC that do great work. Um, we know that the closing of four rural hospitals put marginalized communities at risk. Also, we know that our previous governor refused the Medicaid expansion, which further put uh, poor black, brown um, immigrant communities at risk. And so our, our healthcare, um, and that's not partisan, that I think that's, that's an accurate depiction of what we're seeing, you know, what, what we can potentially see with a pandemic like this, um, or the ramifications that we'll see. Um, but basically, um, we have those rural hospital closings and we have these rural pockets that just don't have access to adequate health care. You know, I'm really afraid because folks don't have high speed Internet access. So their inability to get solid reporting is is hindered as well. And so uh, back to our health infrastructure, health infrastructure is stressed here in South Carolina. Um, I am encouraged by the responses I've seen. Again, I'm going to focus 
for the for the um, sake of this podcast, um, which is hopefully will be aired on own radio. Um, so I want to speak directly to Charleston, but I've been encouraged by what I've seen from Roper St. Francis and the MUSC hospital uh, hospital services or hospital systems uh, that what I've seen there in terms of their drive through offerings to help screen people um, and mitigate that risk of exposure um, by, you know, basically having folks drive up in their cars and get tested um, and, uh, you know, send their testings away. I, I think that also good morning, Kelly. I think that um, also uh, cost is being waived in some instances, but I also saw some tweets that say that maybe there there are more than one test uh, available, and so you might need two tests, a respiratory test and some other swab, and so there might be some added cost there. And honestly, I just hope that our federal government um, makes it so that these tests are accessible a, because that's the, been a big issue is that it's really not accessible. The tests aren't. And other part of it is, um, you know, cost. So hopefully folks will step in and just make these costs free because I honestly think that if that's a barrier, there are going to be a lot of folks who just are going to opt, opt out of testing. And that's going to put, you know, that's going to exacerbate the issue. Um, but again, I am encouraged by MUSC and, and Roper St. Francis. Um, they're, both of those hospital systems have uh, been offering drive up um, testing and screening for COVID-19. I'm going to, um, shift and now I'm looking directly at the COVID-19, uh, the tracker and the reporting, um, on the post and courier. I think that's easiest for me to do. Um, we've already updated you all, let you know that the 34 is the number as it stands right now at 8:48 AM. 34 is the number of confirmed coronavirus cases. South Carolina has recently, um, as of yesterday, had its first fatality attributed to a COVID-9 infection, viral infection. I'm going to hop to Dorchester County for a moment. Okay, it says Dorchester County declares a state of emergency in response to the coronavirus pandemic. Uh, And so I'm going to read, let me see right here. Uh, this week, Dorchester County became one of many areas in the Low Country to declare a state of emergency. The county made the announcement during a Monday night county council meeting after Governor Henry McMaster on Sunday ordered all public schools and colleges to close for the remainder of March. The governor is also urging communities to limit gatherings to 100 people or less. Dorchester's state of emergency is scheduled to remain in place until April 13th. During this time, the county's administrative office will be closed to the public. Officials are encouraging residents to use county online services in response. And so that's from Dorchester County. I think I will definitely uh, continually um, update folks on the Tri-County area. Good morning, Tiffany. Hey, Emily. Um, I'll, I'll continue to, uh, again, I wanted to focus on Charleston, but of course we don't all live in like this Charleston vacuum. We might work in Charleston, but live in Dorchester, Berkeley counties and, and whatnot, or vice versa, right? Um, or we might have um, extended family in these other areas. So I'll continue. Hopefully the plan again is to create um, some sort of programming that OM can can uh, broadcast on the radio throughout the week 
um, and fit it in their programming to get people um, to keep people updated as to what's going on with the the COVID-19 governmental response and resources available. Uh, Let me go ahead down again. I'm looking and using uh, all kinds of post and courier, all kinds of just post and courier has been my go to. Um, and then of course I got my own hot takes, which I need to chill out with, but, um, (laughs) but nah, my hot takes are responsible. I think they are. So let me, um, skip to the school closings. Um, I, hopefully I'll be speaking to my friend Candace, uh, today regarding, um, just getting the teacher's perspective on, uh, these closings and what what students have to do what resources are available to students. We do know, um, I went on live uh, on Facebook Live early this morning, and friends in James Island and North Charleston let me know that their schools are open. Some is uh, open till three, some open till twelve, and uh, school area schools are offering uh, meals to kids. James Island's no strings attached. Come and get your get your meals from um, at as early as eight a.m. North Charleston also kids are picking up packets and laptops and technology so they can do distance learning. A lot of uh, colleges also will be um, setting up their online classes or setting up the courses that would typically um, be in person setting them up so they can be conducted online. So here's another headline from Post and Courier. Uh, South Carolina closes all public schools pre-K uh, to 12 uh, colleges, and we already read that. Uh, so, yeah, this was uh, back on – this was Saturday. Yeah, so let me not read that. It was updated, though, like an hour ago. Let me see if there's some kind of update at the bottom. Um, We know that the governor did issue a state of emergency um, Friday, and that impacted a lot of folks. Let me see if I can read something that is relevant to Tuesday morning. Uh, Let me see. I see a lot of... um, no, just quotes for the governor about how this is inconvenient, but include in um, encouraging folks to just, you know, hunker down. And there's so many recommendations in this reporting. Uh, also, um, we know there are going to be some closings of uh, theaters. So we have movie theaters, uh, many popular attractions. This is a quote from the Post and Courier. Many popular attractions said they will close until the end of the month, and that includes the Riverbanks Zoo and Garden. So I'm going to try to get as many of those lists, a list going of those businesses. I don't think I'll be posting it. If I do, I might disseminate it via newsletter, um, but hopefully I can use the medium that is radio and podcasting to help get folks updated. Um, let me see. Now this was, okay, Hannah Raskin wrote this. Um, on yesterday. So it says updated 10 hours ago, but this is interesting. Shout out to Hannah Raskin, who was also doing a fine job at the, um, Post and Courier. Let me stop saying that. Like, like y'all don't care who I like at the Post and Courier. I need to be fair. (laughs) Um, but let me, let me just uh, read Hannah. Hannah is solid award-winning, um, writer with the Post and Courier. So, uh, Charleston declines to impose significant COVID-19 restrictions on downtown restaurants. This actually prompted me to come and stay here at an area um, hotel. A, well, the deals were ridiculous. Um, so I wanted to hunker down because I wanted to see how daily life bar hopping and all that. I wanted to see how that looked. 
down here. And um, so Hannah reported as recently as well, this was 10 hours ago yesterday, um, Charleston declines to impose significant COVID-19 restrictions on downtown restaurants. And let me go down. So uh, most Charleston restaurants will be allowed to operate normally under an emergency city ordinance to slow the spread of coronavirus, much to the frustration of local restaurateurs who said the pandemic poses a long term threat to their industry. Among them is city councilman Jason Sarkin, Sark, uh, excuse me, Jason Sakran. I say his name wrong, but owner of. Oh, oh, he owns um, Bon By Me. Oh, OK. So he says um, he had hoped he had hoped to propose during the council meeting on Monday afternoon that Charleston adopted measures restricting restricting restaurants to takeout and delivery services, um, but he was stymied by conference call um, conference call system. Let me read that again. Sorry about that. Um, Sacrin said that he had hoped to propose during a council meeting Monday afternoon that Charleston adopt measures restricting restaurants to takeout and delivery service, but was stymied by a conference call system used in accordance with the city's current ban on in-person public meetings. I guess so. I guess he had a technical difficulty in terms of what he wanted to communicate to his fellow council members. Um, we shouldn't be closing restaurants at this point, he says. Uh, we should observe what other large cities are doing. We should uh, we should close the dining. Okay, so basically, what we've already seen here in Charleston um, are a number of restaurants closing the the inside of their restaurants and just offering either drive through or delivery and takeout or pickup options. Um, so he doesn't he's advocating for businesses to remain open. Um, okay. On the advice of medical professionals who urged social distancing to slow the virus spread, more than a dozen states have ordered restaurants and bars to suspend all dining services, including Washington, Ohio, California, New York, and New Jersey. Um, South Carolina Governor Hemming McMaster on Sunday declined to enact a similar rule, leaving restaurant going decisions up to the residents. Now, um, listening to some other reporting from um, what's his name, Gavin with the SC Lead podcast, we, you know, they were, did a great job. He and in, in Mayan from the state uh, did a great job really putting together what the state kind of depends on economic economically our state is dependent upon tourism industry and trade right and so of course food and bev fits into that tourism industry and so we understand that this is going to cripple a lot of businesses um and so it's hard for folks to really just find the right solution for themselves and and i'm not the one to ever tell anyone how to conduct business or how they should you know, how they should navigate this, this like unprecedented time. However, um, I am looking at other uh, major metropolitan, hey, cuz, I'm looking at other major metropolitan areas and uh, I do I do wish that uh, we would follow suit um, in, some, in, in some instances, in some ways. Again, we've seen states like New Jersey enact a curfew. So there's an 8 p.m. curfew, essentially, um, they, but they have also... Um, they've leveraged the, um, they're a national guard. So now they're going to be like a mil militarized police presence, which I don't know how I feel about that, but that's going to be in place to encourage folk to stay in. We've seen in, in, uh, New Orleans in the French quarter, we've seen police, 
uh, break up, you know, bar activity outside and party goers and whatnot, break that up with sirens and, and, and a sound system and encourage folk to head home. I think that's what we're going to start seeing. However, again, being here in Charleston, Outside of people going to work, a couple of bakeries on my way in. Um, I went out this morning to get the paper very early, so it was still dark out. Um, I wanted to see if the city was buzzing, and it was, it was buzzing along a little bit. Um, but um, I think a lot of that's going to come to a screeching halt, unfortunately. And uh, I do hope that our food and bev um, folk, because I have friends in this industry, um, I hope that they are able to rebound. I hope that there is a government package or some sort of stimulus or some sort of economic you know, some sort of provision is, 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 um, you know, is, is accessible for folks so they can bounce back. However, I will say this too. The other part of it is that, you know, I got aging parents. So for, you want to make sure people's health and safety, uh, is the number one priority. And so businesses definitely, um, will be impacted and hopefully folks will, um, be able to bounce back. I'm going to read this next paragraph again. Um, what I just read was that the governor is, you know, basically dragging his feet on, on um, enacting a similar rule to other states like Ohio, California, New York, Washington State and New Jersey, where they had, you know, basically you can't have it in uh, a dine in restaurant option. You have to have takeout, takeout, pickup, delivery or something of that kind. Um, the last paragraph or the next paragraph is uh, it would be a relief if our government just did what they did in Illinois. Um, because it would provide people room to say that this is a citywide or statewide issue. Um, this is Michael Shemtov. He's the owner of Butcher and B, the daily and workshop. Um, everyone wishes the government would make a decision for us. We should not be the ones figuring out how to balance public health and safe and staff welfare. And that's true. I think that's what a lot of, uh, restaurants, like I saw the owner of D Alessandro's pizza, was like, I'm cool with closing, but I'm not going to be the only place closed when all these other businesses are making money while I'm closed. And, and so that's restaurateurs asking for the government to, um, to, and that wasn't a direct quote. That was me, like uh, my interpretation, of the, but basically that's exactly what I read. Um, but basically you have restaurant, um, restaurant, restaurateurs trying to figure this out. Some have already kind of just like, you know what? I already see what's coming. Let me just jump to that and let me just provide the safest options possible, keeping their safe, keeping their staff clean. But we've seen, we've seen so many restaurateurs who just can't afford to um, either like pay their staff with the diminished uh, revenue or um, if they close, they can't pay their staff uh, paid time off. So folks are going to need uh, some sort of um, relief very soon. And hopefully, well, and we already have seen this nationally. We've seen um, utilities, um, they've uh, suspended, they've suspended, um, you know, uh, cancel, uh, what you call it, disconnecting of services or whatever. Um, we've seen uh, landlords suspend evictions. So some things have been suspended in terms of costs. We're going to need a lot more support, um, a lot more support in the future for folks who are not working right now. Um, okay. Let me see if there's another update. Um, yeah, I'm looking at some of the, yeah, Columbia, yeah, Columbia, the city of Columbia. Again, this is not the tri-county area, but just to give people a broader picture as to how other areas are, are responding. So this was uh, updated 12 hours ago. Um, 
So Columbia closes city offices, parks, and is limiting uh, emergency response. Wow. So they're making a decision on who they're even going to like respond to or, or how they're going to respond to emergencies. Um, that's, that's, that's really wild. Um, as of March 17th, Columbia police will only respond to emergency calls and the only medical calls firefighters will go to are those of an acute nature, such as heart attacks or someone unable to breathe, according to a statement by the city. Non-emergency calls and reports will be handled over the phone. Wow. So we're already seeing cities, and this is Columbia. Columbia is what, the second largest city in uh, the state of South Carolina. That's our state capital. Uh, our state capital is in Columbia. That's our capital city. Um let me see this other story uh, regarding the Charleston area response, business response. Downtown Charleston restaurants press ahead amid COVID-19, um, but one bakery chooses to close. And so Hannah Raskin wrote this story a couple of days ago, and it's a picture of, let's see, the inside of Brown's Court Bakery on Friday. Um, shout out to my homie Gavin. Gavin snapped the picture. Um, so let me see. I guess it's Brown's Court. Yeah. So, yeah, Browns Court just took it upon themselves to go ahead and shut down last week, which was dope. Um, I think a lot of com uh, businesses are going to have to just succumb to the inevitable, too. Unfortunately, I know that what that means for um, business, but um, there is no other choice. Um, I already read that. Dorchester County declares a state of emergency. Did Charleston County declare a state of emergency? I believe Charleston County did, right? Let me see. I'm reading. I'm going back to my newspaper. I know the city is imposing more restrictions. Did I read that already? All right. I'll, I'll read this quote. I'm going back to my physical copy of the Post and Courier. Um, this is, uh, I continue to read from the uh, city imposed new limits as state sees first death. So uh, in Charleston, Mayor Tecklenburg declared a state of emergency Monday afternoon. The city council later voted nine to three to limit public indoor gatherings to 50 people or less effective just after midnight Tuesday. All right. So today, again, the time of this recording is nine o'clock uh, a.m. Tuesday. So tonight at midnight, gatherings of 50 people or less, um, that's going to be mandated. Uh, the restriction includes bars, restaurants, places of worship, movie theaters and fitness centers, according to the ordinance. City staff said that there will be an effort in the in the coming days to encourage rest to encourage restaurants to comply with the ordinance uh, and that tickets wouldn't be issued right away. Um, the law is set to stay in place for 60 days or after the state of emergency is lifted. Grocers are exempt from the ordinance. Uh, President Donald Trump's administration and federal health authorities tried to provide some clarity on Monday. The recommended, um, they recommended that Americans should not gather in groups of more than 10 and, uh, and should educate their children at home and avoid uh, discretionary travel over the next 15 days. Older Americans should remain at home and avoid con coming in contact with the virus. Still, the White House stopped short of ordering such restrictions nationwide. And I think what I heard from governors, um, what I've heard from governors, like we've seen Governor Cuomo from New York, really take a um, take a big stance. So I'm looking over my shoulder, um, the mayor, mayor London Breed of San Francisco, she just, um, like, she shut down the whole city. So a lot of governors and mayors are like, you know what? We're not going to wait for federal government to go ahead and do this. They're going to go ahead and jump to what is inevitable, which is 
everything's going to shut down. All movement's going to be restricted. And, um, you know, I'm not saying that's the right or wrong way to do it. I'm just saying that I think that's where we're headed inevitably. And I think it's just going to happen. And so a lot of people are just ripping off the Band-Aid now. And um, it's a jolt to the system. It's a jolt to our uh, local economies. It's a jolt to, um, you know, our daily way of life and whatnot. I've got a doctor's appointment um, supposedly in an hour. I'm just not, I, I just, I'm not even going to go. I went yesterday and, and they overbooked and I wasn't able to, I wasn't able to go. And I was, I'm like, you know what? I'm not, I'm not just, I'm not doing it. So a lot of things are just changing for folks. Um, yeah. Let me see if there's any more. Okay. I see something about barrier item, um, barrier islands. Let me see this. I'm skipping throughout this. This is a very good article. Again, this is the Post and Courier. This is today's paper. It's all about the city, um, the city's new limitations on businesses and um, how folks can um, are, are, are advised on how not to congregate. I'm going to continue reading. Um, let me see where to pick up off at. So, yeah, people are waiting for the federal government to kind of make a decision. Let's move it back to local. Okay, Mount Pleasant uh, also declared a state of emergency on Monday, banning any gatherings of more than 50 people. These are life and death matters, Mayor Will Haney said. Uh, North Charleston city of excuse me, city officials also issued a state of emergency. They did not limit public gatherings, but recommended any gatherings involve 50 people or less. Several facilities around North Charleston were ordered closed including the Coliseum, uh, Performing Arts Center and Convention Center, gyms, senior centers, and Riverfront Park. All cultural arts facilities were closed and all school performances were suspended. North Charleston Arts Fest and Children's Festival were canceled. Mayor Keith Sumney said uh, the city is operating much like it does under a hurricane watch, the difference being that city offices are still open. Folly Beach town officials declared a state of emergency on Monday as businesses, including restaurants and bars, were being asked to keep their occupancy uh, below 50 percent and shift their offerings to takeout only. City Administrator uh, Spencer Wetmore confirmed this uh, confirmed this is not a mandate, but a request, um, <laughs> but a request uh based on the guidelines from federal centers for disease control. So based on the guidelines of CDC, Folly Beach is following suit as well. In Berkeley County, uh, county recreational facilities and buildings clo are closed in Hanahan, Goose Creek, Monk's Corner. Uh, in Dorchester County, declared there's a declared state of emergency there as well. Uh, Monday night uh, and Somerville, excuse me, Monday, Monday night, back it up. Okay. <laughs> in Berkeley County, county recreational facilities and buildings closed in Hanahan, Goose Creek, and Monk's Corner. Dorchester County declared a state of emergency Monday night, and Somerville officials said that they are discouraging gatherings of more than 50 people. Between McMaster discouraging gatherings of 100 or more people, the CDC setting the bar lower at 50, and the White House cautioning against gatherings at over 10, many residents are confused on, on which guidelines to follow. And again, this is from the... Um, this is from the Post and Courier. And so I think that's the problem. People are, I think we ideally want to hear from federal government to set the tone. Uh, I don't know why the federal government is, is um, hesitant to pull, just go ahead and rip the bandaid off. Um, I'm sure there are reasons for that. I believe the, you know, the, the stock market just continuing to plunge every time it opens. 
isn't great. And so um, I'm sure that's a consideration that's being made. Um, but at this at this point, I don't know if, you know, if we can really stop the hemorrhaging when it comes to that. I, don't, I, don't, I know nothing about stock market trading, um, so I'm not even going to weigh into that. But I don't know why um, the government hasn't kind of just go ahead and, and done what it needs to do. But um, it's coming, though. I, I have no doubt. Um, let me see if there's any additional information. Um, we know, again, uh, current cases are up to 30. We are up to 33 cases in South Carolina. So I won't reread that. Um, the state closed all public schools, K through 12, uh, and colleges throughout March 31st. I've said that already. And, um, officials urge communities to limit public gatherings to hundred people or less. The South Carolina Senate will meet Tuesday. So that's today to discuss legislation that gives the state's public health agencies access to $45 million and respond, um, to the, to respond to the coronavirus pandemic. Uh, the, if passed, the bill would provide DHEC with more funding for personal protective equipment, additional staffing, lab and cleaning supplies, and public education, quarantine needs, and transportation of lab samples. So the Senate's going to meet today for like a restricted, I know they're going to convene for like a restricted meeting, um, uh, and then they're going to go back to like isolation. Uh, so it's, it's, um, it's interesting to see the state. I'm happy that the state is meeting the state Senate. However, um, I'm glad to see the state Senate responding and meeting to free up that $45 million. So DHEC can do what they need to do. Um, also too, it was interesting to, to read reporting about the economics, where we are economically as a state. Uh, we saw recent uh, unemployment numbers post, uh, in the paper. Uh, basically we're at like record low unemployment, However, I know that a lot of us don't really feel like, you know, that flush with cash, but South Carolina is in a good state economically. We do have lots of money in our, in our state reserves. Um, we have a really good credit score. Uh, we also, and this is, this is all from the lead right here. I listened to the lead this morning, the lead podcast. Um, and also, um, you know, we had a surplus, you know, so, you know, we, we've got cash and we're in a good place economically, um, how, you know, if we're going to kind of, if people going to actually feel some, you know, be able to access some of that help in those resources, I don't know. I don't know how that's going to look, but I know we will be borrowing some money. And um, with that credit score, we should be borrowing money. And I know interest rates are like crazy low right now. I don't know how that works at state level, but I imagine that still bodes well for states who need to borrow. And we're in a better position than some other states. Um, fiscally at least. Um, so that's interesting and something to keep an eye on. Um, it's just, it made me scratch my head cause I'm like, we're in this great economic position, um, as a state, but our schools and our roads and infrastructure. Anyway, I don't want to go there. Um, yeah. So that's my COVID, uh, 19 update. Let me see where I'm at in terms of time. Um, I've been talking for about 45 minutes, so I'm going to end it there. Uh, this again is a special update. Uh, I'm going to be, again, interviewing folks from the healthcare profession, uh, local educators. Um, I'm going to be speaking with folks just left and right. I've already spoken with a, a, a mental health expert uh, last night for an interview that will air on Friday. But yeah, I'm going to be talking to as many folks who are handling this issue from like just from a myriad of perspectives and making this available to OM. Hopefully they will post this today somewhere in their daily programming. But until next time, just keep refreshing your uh, mic'd up feed. 
If you're listening to the show um, in other areas, of course, the show will always be made available on demand uh, via OM uh, Radio. They have a Mixcloud account. Uh, they also are available. There's some programming available on iTunes from OM. I'm not quite sure that my podcast makes the cut there, but I do know that um, you can access OM content via Mixcloud and um, via iTunes. You can always, always, always um, access Miked Up on OM or Miked Up the podcast from Charleston Activist Network, um, aka me, Mika. You can access that um, on iTunes and um, on SoundCloud and in some other places where you can listen to your favorite podcast. So I'll be updating as often as I possibly can, uh, giving folks more perspective and speaking with other folks about what's going on. I'll continue to amplify the, the brilliant reporting from the Post and Courier, uh, the great reporting from the state newspaper and and so on and so forth. And like, again, I'm, I'm on Instagram live right now. So over my shoulders, like CNN, but um, live five news have, have also done a great job um, getting folks information. I mean, I watch more evening news than I care to admit. Um, but it's been, it's been really uh, encouraging to see the response here locally, people really taking this uh, pandemic very seriously and responding in kind with disseminating, disseminating thoughtful, responsible news and information, and also to see communities just step up and supplement in areas where perhaps our government can't or doesn't. Um, that's been also awesome. So hopefully I can also bring those stories to light, how folks are banding together in the tradition of community, um, to, to sit in community with folks and to, to be a, a resource to so many. So thank you for tuning in for those who are watching on, on, uh, Instagram. Thanks for just, I'm just no makeup meek, just sitting here, just trying to give information out, um, as often as possible. So thank you until next time y'all stay black.